0: Welcome to Browner and Lawhead. I am John Browner, joined by my co-host, comedian extraordinaire, super famous man himself, (laughs) Jason Lawhead. What's up, Jason?
1: What up, Browner? How you doing, bro?
0: I'm rocking and rolling here on the Mightier 1090, ESPN, ESPN Mightier 1090. If you're driving in your car, if you're hearing our voices via your earphones on a podcast, you're doing it through the iTunes podcast store and if you're seeing our lovely faces and our familiar backgrounds it is because you're on youtube checking out the show as well and i would say to everyone like share and subscribe the show is doing great number wise we're getting the same amount of audience so we're trying to grow the thing uh there's merch now not for us but there's there's brown facts merch on the kaplan and crew website so go get some of that
1: we'll figure out a way to get some brown in law head hats shirts or we'll get some stuff yeah, we're coming we, around on the one-year anniversary, which is, like, kind of cool, man. I mean, it's uh, you know, it's insane how, like, we were talking yesterday about how time flies, and then I literally had that conversation with my wife last night, too, and we were like, I was like, dude, me and Brown were talking about, like, how it's, like, May 9th already, it's the 10th today, but, um, yeah, and then, so, uh I was thinking about that, I'm like, wow, man, you know, the start of the football season is right. uh when you and I got together, so, I think coming around on a year will be some, will be like a good, we'll put out some like one year anniversary established 2021 um, <laughs> uh, logo stuff. Brown and Since Law. Brown and Law had established 2021. That'll be yeah.
0: funny. Uh, on the show today, we've got the Warriors going old school in a win last night against the Memphis Grizzlies. Tom Brady apparently is worth $300-plus outside of football. The Padres couldn't hit the water if they fell out of a boat. iPod, the the Apple iPod has a tragic, tragic turn of events. We'll get try to get to that at some point. But I want to start with something else. I want to start in Ohio.
1: <clears throat> Always in Ohio these days. Ohio's like the Florida of the North now. It's the
0: northern Florida. It's North Florida at this
1: point. It is.
0: Uh, A family by the name of the Crawfords, parented by Ben and Cammie, it looks to be spelled, ran a 26-mile marathon over the weekend, only to have Child Protective Services called to their home because you know who else ran the 26.2 miles with them? Their 20-year-old their 18-year-old and their 6-year-old. And they didn't call the Child Protective Services for the first two. They called it for the last one because these adult people almost tried to kill their kid for clout because you know they had a YouTube page. This is Child Protective Services had to step in because they had a 6-year-old Run 26.2 miles for what? To post it on the damn internet. This is child abuse, okay? This is child abuse for clout. This is clout chasing at the expense of the body of your six-year-old. Jason, at the age of six, how far could you run? Hypothetically,
1: um, you know, is yeah, you ran as for like like you six years old. You run for like a, a, a like a, a extended little run out for as long as you can. You get tired. You put your hands on your knees. You stop. It's like these little like forty five second bursts. That's how a six year old runs. At the age
0: of six, I ran to the ice cream truck. Okay, yeah, right. It- At the age of six, I would run to the corner to see where the police were
1: going because I liked
0: the lights and sirens.
1: Remember, like, that you would be like, hey, if you played on the baseball team, like, okay, run out, take the field. If you had to run to right field, by the time you got to right field, you're like, and then you stop and you're like, whoo, whoo, right? Like, that's what it was like running like a six-year-old. You're right. You ran to something and then you were, like, tired from it.
0: You ran to things like <laughs> at six, you run to the refrigerator right. at six, you run during tag at six, you don't run a twenty six mile marathon. Right. What the hell is wrong with these people
1: i I mean it, well, the mom's name is I mean she's a mom, and she still goes by cami. It's like, come <laughs> on, like first off, first off. Cammy, like that's if you're like the Cammy is like the you know that, that's a child thing. Like okay, like when you're a girl, you go by Cammy to maybe like I don't know what 12, 14, what's acceptable, and then you grow out of that. It's either whatever your name is or Cam or you know go 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 by K. I'd rather go you go by K. You, you just like then Cammy as a as a mother, come on. By the uh, time that's a red flag, that's a red flag right there. By and, the time
0: uh, you're a functioning mother. Your name is whatever is on your driver's license. Okay? It ain't Cammy. It, Cammy. It's 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 Camellia or whatever your parents named you. That's what they call you. That's what you, you should be referring to yourself as as a working adult.
1: Right. It's like, like a dad, like a guy still going by like scooter or something. Slim. You know? like, like, you know, like Hey Big Jim. Hey, it's my dad's scooter. <laughs> hey, it's
0: it, It I I I am all for parents and their kids being involved in fun activities. There's even different levels of this marathon that could have been ran according to the organizers. There was a six-year-old had no business running in a marathon, which the organizers said it was bad judgment on my part. Hey, Sherlock,
1: shocker. Shocker, my man. Why aren't you stepping in and going, hey, look, we'll organize something where the kid can take off with you from the from the gun and you could it can run like the first half a mile. There's a marker we have set up where kids can get off at this little marker. They have a another guardian or family member waiting for them. Then we transport them to the last half mile of the race. We keep up to you. When you get to the last half mile of the race. This way the kid can have fun. You can enjoy it, not be psycho nutbags. And you can still have content for your YouTube page. You, I mean, what is going on? This is, but this is what it is. We talked about this the other day. It's this, uh, you know, this, you know, um, unearned fame, fame on no merit. I mean, uh, yes, it's impressive. You can run a marathon. Great. Run a YouTube page for that. Great. Build your following. But don't literally, literally put your kids in a sweatshop labor for views. Situation, for some type of like human rights violation within your own family just for the clicks, man.
0: There are marathon runners chiming in going, This is bad. You should not be doing this. And they are professionals. Yes. Like, the, the idea that people put their kids at risk for clout that they can't get on their own is just utterly embarrassing. It's just purely embarrassing. And these people were on uh, uh, Good Morning America, I think it was. This story has been in USA Today. I saw the story on Yahoo Sports. It, 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 just, it, it just, it doesn't justify. There's no reason. This is what the dad said. He really wanted to do it. Hey, dumbass, you're his you father. It, dude, he saw you doing do something, it. and he wanted to do something that he saw
1: you yeah. doing, dummy. Kids want to pet lions, too. <laughs> you know? <okay>? There's <laughs> a reason it's <laughs> a at the zoo, buddy. Yeah, they want to they wanna hug, uh, uh, they want to put their arms around a lion's face and kiss it, dumb-dumb. You wow. know? God. You, you
0: wonder why kids are damaged.
1: Kids want to start a, you know, a, a bonfire in the backyard. Kids want to play with matches. I mean, what's wrong with you? Oh, oh. he wanted to run 26.2. Million. Really? I mean, th- th- that's the kind of race that you not just train for. It it literally takes a toll on your body for days after, even when you're the most trained for that sport.
0: I can't wait till he wants to drive the car next year.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> Like, yeah you know, I, I you, mean Dad, I really, really want to take you to work, Dad. I really want to drive you to work. I want to drop Right. You
1: I mean, he just he wanted to see what street racing was <laughs> like. You know, yeah. I mean, all the other kids in the neighborhood are doing it. Sure, they're older, but right. You know. Sure, they got a license. But what's a license?
0: <laughs> sure,
1: a- what's a license? I mean, you know, he wanted to go unicycling on a on a mountain. It's a busy so, highway. You know, we put him up on a unicycle on a mountain. Man, I, listen, as far as... Hey, my six-year-old wanted to walk over hot coals because, uh, you he know... Saw he saw me do he, it. He found out we were part Indian on um, 23andMe. Once he <laughs> found out that we were one 200th Bangladeshi and he was like, hey, listen, maybe I can charm a snake out of a, a wicker basket. No, you're six. You're not You're, you're not six. doing that. Go, go play with something.
0: Not... Yes. Prefer, preferably not a snake. But go play with something.
1: I mean, what's wrong with these people?
0: I, I'm also asking the question of what's wrong with the people at Fox? Not Fox <laughs> News, because that's a completely different, well, a, different yeah. question. <laughs> what's wrong asylum. with the people at Fox in general giving Tom Brady, and I quote, a 10-year, $375 million deal. Tom Brady hasn't made that much money in 20 years playing football. It when you heard this, Jason? Did you go for what? Or were you just like that sounds that that sounds doable?
1: No, I was for I was sitting here going first off even if it was much less. Even if it was under market value. Even if you didn't even know. Even if it was undisclosed. Even if you were like, money wasn't even the the issue. We're just announcing that Tom Brady's going to go in and be a Fox commentator. I would sit there and go, I think if you could do anything, if you could point to anything that Tom Brady hasn't been great at in his career, it's being... Uh, a personality. I think if there's anything that Tom Brady has lacked at at that ultra high level of that kind of success, we see his output and his uh durability. We see with the way he's been able to, you know, become a, you know, businessman, investor and 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 those kind of things off the field. We've seen what he can do with, you know, his diet, his body, all of those things, you know, his work ethic, the ability to to, you know, um, you know, yeah, transpose himself as in greatness in, in some other sports, you know, things that he's always competitive in, in that Jordan thing. But I think the one thing that has been tried and true and constant to Tom Brady is that he's just a pretty boring guy. He doesn't have a, a great timely sense of humor. It's, you know, he speaks up now and again, and it's always kind of like, oh, yeah. You know, speak less, play I see, more. I, I just I see don't brother. see how like he's kind of you know, it um, falls into that like appeal for me. It's not like oh my god. I mean one of the wor- one of the last things I'd want to see Tom Brady do is probably carry a broadcast or at least be on the tandem that does carry the broadcast. Uh, is he gonna sit with? Buck, who's he gonna sit with? I mean, Kevin uh, Mort- Burkhart, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, the one thing about Romo, sure, he's not near the quarterback that uh Brady is, but I feel like he he, he has a uh persona that just at least delivers the kind of you know personality and persona and you know kind of commentary and. I just never have gotten that from Brady, you know, from pressers, from interviews, from anything he's ever, you know, really gone out and done in the public eye. It's never been like with a great delivery of, you know, comfortability, in my opinion. Here's the deal with me in this entire thing, that
0: if Fox has this type of money to pay Tom Brady, I never want to hear about them doing layoffs ever again. If Fox has $375 million to pay someone who they're not even sure is good at the job. That sounds like dumb money to me. All these broadcasters are paying all these people all this this insane amount of money. It's crazy. I'm watching the game. I've never. There's probably Howard Cosell in my life, in my lifetime, because I didn't have the pleasure of hearing Howard Cosell be the voice of sports. For such a long period of time but i do remember marv albert yes and it counts like i remember bob costas i remember these people being kevin harlan i remember craig sager people in my in my viewing sports optics ahmad rashad i remember them tom brady's not gonna make that list for kids who who will be at this point 40 40 years from now, I I, I look at this deal and I'm puzzled because the only time Michael Jordan stopped being cool is when he sucked at baseball. Uh When Michael Jordan was great at basketball, he was revered. He could sell you anything. When he sucked at baseball, it was like, ooh, okay. We went back to basketball, great again. Q rating, back through the roof. Peyton Manning has made an unbelievable post-career commercials. The Manning cast, it works. Tiger Woods is still valuable because of all American athletes, he's the most human superstar because he's such a flawed person. That that still sells. He now feels like an everyman because, you know, he, he can't drive a car, cheats on his wife. People apparently relate
1: to that. But the great thing about being a golfer in that sense is you've never let the team down. You've never let the fans down because it's not a collective fan base that are this team's fans that you let down. And in that day, so yeah, but go on, you know, I and that, that, that keeps him at that, you know, right. What we love about his flaws even more is that he hasn't emb- embarked it on a fan base, so to speak, or a
0: team. That right. We look to. I so when it comes to Tom Brady getting all this money to broadcast games, I felt the same way about Tom Brady that I felt about Drew Brees that I felt about when they paid Tony Romo all that money. I'm going to watch the games. I don't care who's calling them. Period. Point right. blank. End of story. There is no level of entertainment in the booth that can outweigh what I'm watching on the field. It doesn't exist. It never has in any sport. It doesn't matter. I remember Marv Albert going, "Yes, and it counts." I don't remember Magic Johnson saying anything, right? I don't remember Bill Walton saying anything,
1: or Reggie Miller, or You're
0: or right, uh, whoever the play, whoever
1: the the the, the guy is. is, is never important. You're it's, right.
0: That guy doesn't live in the annals of sports. It's no. the play-by-play guy. So you're Absolutely. giving Tom Brady all this money to do what? Make movies? To be an ambassador for Fox Sports? What What are you trying to sell them that they aren't already buying at an exorbitant amount of money to be a, a football commercial? Like it, <laughs> Football sells itself. It's the highest-watched program in America by far. Not, nothing's yeah. close
1: so you don't you, need more help you know who was uh the most sought after uh former player broadcaster at one point and the peak of his career and they and his 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 stock was rising as a uh, broadcaster for NBC and football and going, and his future was only going to be brighter. OJ Simpson. And then he murdered two people and nobody cared that he wasn't around broadcasting games anymore. Nobody was like, Oh man, it's a shame. O.J.'s not down on the sidelines <laughs> given these reports. Cause he murdered two people. What a shame, man. We miss OJ football broadcasting will never be the same no they just go find the next guy and the next guy because nobody cares you're right nobody cares about the ex-ball player we care about marv albert and al michaels do you believe in miracles yes Yes. we don't care about well they should have went to a cover two on that last play bob (laughs) and they maybe would have avoided that long play Uh, On that third down conversion, now they're sitting there and, you know, no, that will never go down in anything.
0: People love Tony Romo's ability to call a play before it happens. How many times has he done a historic call and you remember that? Nothing. Never. Absolutely never. Not one single time. Jim Nance, I think it was Jim Nance, when yeah. Tiger Woods won the Masters after coming back and not winning for so long, fighting through the leg injuries, or, or I think it was a back injury at the time or whatever it was, wins the Masters. You will remember that forever as a golf fan. Mm-hmm. You don't remember a damn thing Nick Faldo said mm-hmm. at all. Zero. John McEnroe. You don't, these are people who are, John McEnroe is one of the most famous tennis players ever. He now calls tennis matches. Tell me a, tell me a moment where John McEnroe was calling the game a match and you went, I'll never forget when John McEnroe was there when he said this, when,
1: when Djokovic did this.
0: He doesn't exist. Yeah. It doesn't I will exist.
1: say this though. I do remember when John McEnroe did say Serena is not just the greatest female tennis player ever. She may just be the greatest tennis player ever. And I was like, oh, that was pretty cool that John McEnroe said that.
0: And that was the. But very that, true- that
1: wasn't during a match, though. I think that was just was an interview. Like, an interview. Yes.
0: Yes. <laughs> I, he was doing like uh, you before the U.S. Open, they have this panel. And they're talking yeah. about how great she is and he said that so look man we got a lot left on the show we got a long way to we got, we got a bunch of more topics to get to a lot more fun topics brown and lawhead right here on the mightier 1090 espn brown and lawhead returning to you on the mightier 1090 espn thank you guys for joining us if you're new to the show you can always head over to the itunes podcast Store. And YouTube to look at shows that you may have missed. If you're coming through because you've seen Jason do comedy or you've seen one of the shows we've done together, thank you guys for joining us. And you can always like, share, and subscribe on everything that we do. And if you're in your car, just continue to enjoy the ride. Your favorite show, Monday through Wednesday. We do this thing Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday from 6 to 7 p.m. So on your drive down to the game, you can get a good sense of what's about to happen either yesterday or what happened tonight so last night at the game the Padres appeared to just forget their bats on Tony Gwynnight, which was probably the worst thing that happened yesterday was the Padres inability to hit Kyle Hendricks who to his credit when he's good he's good when he's bad he's bad mm-hmm. my, co- my co-host Jason Lawhead
1: here on Brown and Lawhead did you catch the game last night I didn't catch the game last night, but I know firsthand Hendricks uh, as an Indians fan 2016 World Series. He put uh, the brakes on us a couple of times in that series. And uh, he was kind of the difference is why they won four three instead of why we won four three. But uh, no. But yeah, they uh, you know, you get a good outing if you can get through that, you know, Padre ordered the first couple of times unscathed, and uh, you can you know you can shut that offense down. Obviously, we've seen that. I thought that after the third
0: inning, because I, I I think I was I, something happened in the seventh inning where uh, I walked away from the television. But when he got through the third inning, I was like, "Uh-oh, this is gonna be a problem." Because when Kyle Hendricks gets going, yeah, he's pretty good because he doesn't blow you away with fastballs. He pinpoints things, and if he yep. gets if he gets comfortable, he gets into a groove. If you can't hit him within, and the he first gets three- you
1: anxious. And right. what he does is, like, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, He starts throwing less pitches per inning as he gets going. Once he gets past that hump, if you don't go get him early and go knock him around and force him to throw pitches, he starts throwing less pitches as the game goes on, and he gets out of innings faster. And before you know it, you're you're out of at bats.
0: And today, now, you have Mike Clevenger return, making his triumphant return to the mound in, in Petco in over 300. I think it was – I think now it's been about – it's probably been 400 days now. Yeah, two, I think
1: it's somewhere around It's in like
0: – if not, it's in the 390s. He hasn't pitched in a while, and he he's pitching tonight to start the game at Petco. So, shout out – I'm excited about that. I can't wait to see how well he does on the mound tonight. But the talk of – the talk of the game – came from yesterday Eric Hosmer might be the dumbest first baseman we've ever seen in the history of Major League Baseball wow for people who don't know why I'm being super harsh on Eric Hosmer right now if you're watching this if you're driving I'm going to try to break this down for you but if you're driving you probably already know this if you're in your car Listen to me closely. If you are, if you're watching this on YouTube, I'm going to show you something that Eric Hosmer did yesterday and steal photos. The throw to first base from Jake Cronenworth was absolutely spectacular. The play by Eric Hosmer was so beneath Little League it was laughable. This is a still frame of a throw that Eric Hosmer again is trying to catch from behind the first base bag for the second consecutive year. Look at these photos. Look at this and you wonder how what what am I looking at? Here is the play. I'm, I'm here's the play. look at look, look at this moron. Why? Why? How is that even like how is that possible? <laughs> As a baseball player, if you're listening to this via podcast, you haven't seen it. If you're listening to this on the my 290 ESPN radio, if you're listening to this, imagine a first baseman lining up in foul territory behind the bag, reaching across the bag. To catch a ball with the with someone speeding down the line. You would go, why would anybody do that? On a great throw, by the way. So it wasn't like the throw was high or wide. The throw was on target. A Sports Center top 10 level throw, catch and throw from Jake Cronenworth. And a four or five-year-old attempted catch up first base by Eric Hosmer. Jason how long have you been watching baseball
1: that 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 body language looked like like something was gonna sting him you know like how like you get out of it like th- there was just no rhyme or reason to even be in that kind of a tangle he looked like he was trying to get out of the way of a wild pitch rather than cover first base bag on a ground ball that was that was just some of the weirdest maneuvering that you'll ever see from a first it, it was it was strange. have you ever
0: seen a first baseman do that at the major league level.
1: No, not on a good throw. No, like I say, like, I mean, other than maneuvering, you know, bad throws or balls out of the dirt or some type of, uh, you know, odd play with the ball being thrown from a, you know, a, a, a different angle on a, on a charging. Yeah. I know either comeback or, you know, a charging play by the second baseman or something, you know, I mean, obviously those types of scenarios that first basemans have to contort and make strange movements, but this seems so unnecessary and out of any realm of, uh, what a bald player's instinct would even be to go cover that, uh, play, uh, just making the easy look hard is what that was. I, he's done this now
0: two seasons in a row. I, Eric Hosmer is having a great start to this season at the bat. He's already made a couple of errors in the field that make people go, I don't care how good he's hitting. These these mistakes are costing the team runs. One's already cost them a game. In a season where it looks like the, the Dodgers are going to attempt to be the greatest team in the history of baseball again. So... You're up against one of the best, if not the best division in baseball with the Giants playing as well as they are, the Padres playing as well as they are, and the Rockies playing as well as they are. So this is going to be a long battle. If Eric Hosmer is going to play first base so mindlessly, he could DH. He can DH. Move parts around put put somebody else at first who at least knows how to line up on the right side of the bag i again i'm i like eric hosmer i like his production i think he's a dick as a person for the way he acted last year in the in the clubhouse he's he's gotten a, a clean slate with bob melvin who wasn't at the game cuz he's under the weather non-covid related who i'm pretty sure vomited when he saw eric, eric hosmer do that
1: Oh, God, that's got to – for a guy like Melvin that, you know, oh. likes, to, likes to have things buttoned up and, you know, plays analytics and why plays the kind of ball where, you know, this is why you don't make errors and this is why you take the walk and this is why, you, you know, bunt here or there, that's got to make him just sick to his stomach, you know. But uh, like you said, you got to take with what you can get a little bit. At least the hitting is trading off because uh, if he wasn't hitting while he was doing this, then, then oh. there'd be – you know, like last and, year when he uh,
0: wasn't hitting, he was doing this.
1: Yeah, exactly, and uh, that that'll turn you know uh, a season upside down. And then when the rest of the team goes south, and you feel like there's no trust in the manager, like they had last year, then uh, then it's a total implosion. But at least, like you said earlier, you know he's uh, he's having a good year at the plate. The team's having a good year around him. I think they believe in Melvin, and uh, but yeah, I mean he's got to be able to you know get around. Plays like this throughout the season, and and that has to just be you know that those are just forced errors you're you're making you know because you're making a bonehead play. That's just not something that just didn't go your way.
0: So Mike Clevenger will be back on the mound tonight, and I am uh, happy about that. Mm-hmm. Mike Clevenger has the opportunity to really give this rotation what I, I what I think it needs because. I've said my piece about Joe Musgrove and and people know well about that take. I want a guy with special stuff cuz when it comes to October, you're going to need to be able to get guys out who are top of the line. Guys Dodger hitters, uh uh Mets hit, guys who are going to be with pitching, top level pitching and hitting. So you're going to have to be special at the time at at that time of the year in October and in in, in the World Series. And so I hope Mike Clevenger can kind of find his way. He threw ninety pitches in his first outing back in uh, the starter doubleheader in Cleveland. Hopefully, he can get around six to seven innings today, and and we'll see where it goes from there. But I, I I'm hoping to see a great outing from him. Yeah, here because I mean, I think if, I
1: need it. if the Padres could just get about eighty percent of the Cleveland Clevenger, the the meaning yes. of when when he played in Cleveland, just right now, if they could just get the eighty percent of the Cleveland Clevenger that he was there for the rest of this season, they'll get that. That's a lot of mileage and a lot of uh, hope going forward because of the injuries and the surgeries. He was really dominant, you know, with a high, you know, he his his big problem in Cleveland was he, you know, he got into high pitch counts. He walked a few guys, but he would get out of so many jams. But he would get himself into high pitch counts even when he was healthy. And that would get him pulled in the sixth inning sometimes, even when he was cruising, because he'd get to that 110 pitch mark quick. Um, so if he can find a way to maybe pitch around that, keep that number down, and just be 80% of what he was in Cleveland for the time being, that'll be a win for the Padres on that staff because they desperately need, I mean, that's 80% of what he was doing in Cleveland is a lot more than a lot of Padres starters have been able to give this team over the last couple of years when it comes to innings.
0: So good luck to them tonight. Good health and health and prosperity to the Padres and Clavager. If you're heading down the Petco tonight to watch them take on the Cubs, drive safe, have fun, and, and uh, uh, cheer loud, cheer proud. Uh, last night, the Golden State Warriors did, they won a game I didn't think they could win anymore. They weren't, they they shot 24% from three. I think they had 40 points at halftime. Mm-hmm. This was good. This was a nasty Memphis uh 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 grindhouse level game. John Morant was out with the injury. Steve Kerr was out because of COVID. Mike Brown, aka Mr. Potato Head, was coaching the team and didn't know what to do. <clears throat> and it was literally. Will fight uh, uh, muscle memory from Steph Curry in the fourth quarter on offense. And Draymond Green, who I'm not a fan of, coming up huge on the defensive end, back-to-back plays against Jaron Jackson Jr., one with a stop and then another block on the, on the uh, on, on the very next play to basically seal the win. And you had your two most important players come through in very important clutch moments for this team when it looked like Memphis was about to steal one on the road and even this thing up in San Francisco. Does that win, even for a team this decorated, does that mean a little bit more this time of the year for the Golden State Warriors?
1: Yeah, I think it does because, uh, you know, it may not be the performance they wanted, but it, it allows them to... Make less work this way, right? And get into the next round with possibly having to do less work. If they lose that game last night, doesn't mean that they're going to lose the series, sure, but it's 2 2, and there's a lot more work to get through this Memphis team to do, and there's a lot more mileage to put on yourself. And to know that you can win a game with Draymond making that kind of play in a game that you did not perform well in. That's why you have Draymond Green. It's like why you have your closer in baseball or whatever. Yeah, you may not hit well, or you may not. Your you may not get what you wanted out of your ace starter, but some way around the ninth inning, we find ourselves in a chance to just you know have this guy go in and strike out their big hitter or you know the, you know their best player with a guy or two on base. That's kind of what. Draymond did with that support of the other team you know uh, maybe a guy helps you in the field with a big catch in the gap that, that helps you get that save and you didn't have your best stuff but you got it and I think the Warriors are feeling almost feel better about this kind of a win because they can sit there and say hey look how great these guys were without Ja all year so we were able to win a game without the, the kind of play and and get ahead of a team that has a higher seed than us three one we'll take that all day long man let me and let me
0: speak to this to the crowd who wants to constantly repeat how great the grizzlies were without john Morant. you need him you oh, need sure. him. any person who forms this this conversation of they'll be all right without him that's a false because if clay thompson doesn't go over seven and if I think Steph Curry was like two for 14 or or something like that from three. Yeah, I think, yeah. This game isn't close. Like, you, you need him on the court healthy for you to have a chance at winning anything. Yes, you can win regular season games without John Morant because your roster is well built. You cannot win a playoff series without him. And now you're asking to do something that's only been done once before to this team, but nonetheless, once before and come back three games, down three games to one, you're going to need him to be effective. And so I hope he comes back healthy. I hope he comes back ready to play for game five. But the idea that there is so much smoke around, well, they played better without him. Look at the record. Look at the numbers without him defensively. Look at the numbers without him. Didn't have him last night and did not walk away with the win on the night the Warriors were terrible.
1: Right. No, I'm just saying if you're you're the Warriors, you get to tell yourself that, right? It's just another thing to reinforce if you're the Warriors. To tell yourself, yeah, I don't believe any of uh, that the the, the Grizzlies can do anything without John Morant. They're not going to win big playoff games or any playoff series without him. But if you're the Warriors and you want to just feel good about this win, there's a lot of reasons to. You're up 3-1. You won, you know, uh, uh, you know, you're going back uh, against the home team. Who's the higher seed in game five with that lead on their floor. Uh, And with all the little bumps and bruises you've had along the way. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, young guys mixing in, you know, Kaminga making his first start. uh, Jordan Poole still, you know, getting bounced around from the yo-yo. I mean, he's talk about a guy who's adapted. Uh, is Jordan Poole adapting from coming off the bench and then being a starter and a vital starter, a vital uh, component and, and and a high need for him to score points and then back to the bench where we still need you to be a high-minute, high-contribution high, minute, high, high contribution guy. Um, I think the Warriors have to love when they look around and they see all these 2-2 series everywhere yeah. in the East and the West. They got to love where they're at as a three seed right now and the lead they've got, no matter who's on the floor for the other team.
0: I got to tell you, man, I I don't... I think John Jonathan Kaminga has a bright future. You can't play him anymore. You can't play him. They've gotten off the two games he started yeah. at home. They've gotten off the terrible starts because it's not that he's not good because you can see it. He's just not ready for this moment. Right. The game is and moving... I just, I,
1: I just don't see him as a uh, yeah as a as a starter anywhere right now in his career. That's gonna be he's gonna give you more contribution than what he does when he comes off the bench. I just think right uh, he
0: is not a starter at this point. Last night in the game before that, they got off to two really horrible slow starts where he doesn't know where to be. And he's right. a little too aggressive at a point where you don't need to be aggressive. And so, but these are things, again, he's well, they picked up on
1: that quick. Last night, he only had five minutes. And, right. Um, so he was gone and never to be seen a long time after. So I don't think, I think you'll probably see Looney. Maybe they'll stick with that lineup. I know Porter
0: Jr. played great last night.
1: Yeah, but he, I like him coming off the bench. I do he too. Almost, yeah. I, I would go right back to Looney and just say, hey, look, we know Looney's there. You know, even with him starting, it's not going to be more than a 15, 17, 19-minute start for him over that course of that. You'll still get Kuminga mixed in um, with some minutes. And, you know, Porter does everything uh, Sean kind of Livingston used to, but at a bigger, stronger position. Um, He just kind of creates in the middle of the floor against those double teams when teams try to get out to the three point line and chase Steph and clay and these guys. And um, so yeah, man, I mean, I, I, I still, like I said, all season long, no matter when they were slumping in little areas and they had, I'd still like in a seven game series, man, I still like the warriors with all these bodies they've got and all this experience to take them out in seven is going to be a task for anybody.
0: Let me see. We got a, we got a minute left. I'm trying to get to this uh We got the Sixers in the heat Mavericks Suns. Who you got tonight? Both series are even at 2. I'm like I'm liking the 76ers continuing to dominate with Embiid being back at, at 40% and I, I got the Suns tonight but I don't feel good about it.
1: Yeah, I I'll, I'll take uh I'll take the Suns tonight because they're at home and I, I just kind of like that 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 for them going into that game 5 until the mavericks can kind of prove what what they are in the this coming future team but man the sixers i didn't see them being able to be here right now and you're right i'll tell you what james harden may have come up bigger than he's ever come up in a playoff game in that last one under the circumstances he's played better playoff games but that may have been the biggest time he's ever come up big in that game 4 i like the sixers
0: See y'all tomorrow. Brown in law hat. Peace.